0: My name is Natalie, and this is Chelsea, and we're the hosts of The Daily Reframe, a podcast dedicated to exploring the application of a growth mindset through the stories and experiences of others.
1: back. Yes, we are. In a this uh this season we're kind of changing up our our structure for our episodes. So we had gotten a lot of fabulous feedback about the bonus episodes that we did during December and January and people enjoyed talking to us or hearing us talk and <laughs> kind of more our insights and I get it. I I love listening to podcasts where it's, you know, kind of like background noise. So mm-hmm. we're going to be incorporating that. And this is one of those episodes. So we'll have guest episode or maybe two guest episodes. And then it'll be a Chelsea and Nat episode. So here we go. Um,
0: Yeah, it's so nice to hear that people want to hear us. It's fun. I know. I fun. know.
1: Well, can you imagine? <laughs> please, less of you. Yeah, we'd like more guests, please. Yeah. Guys just could. less. That would that would you know, but hey, I would appreciate the honest feedback regardless. Uh, <laughs> but it was delightful <laughs> to hear that because I really loved those episodes too. Yeah, they were um, fun. They were fun to make. Yeah, little silly. Mm-hmm. Uh, people really loved the reframing friendship episode. Yeah. We got we got some beautiful messages and just a lot of follow up questions about it. So those yeah. are always fun. I think we should start exploring potentially a mailbag where we like read off some questions and answer them. That but, would be fun. Yeah, we could do that in other episodes. We're going to stay on track though cuz we are short on time today. So, let's start off. Let's I think uh Tom Tom Davidow gave me a lot to think about. Yeah. Um what were your thoughts?
0: I mean, I, I wish that because so much of what he does is like what my degree is actually in my master's mm-hmm. degree. And I wish that I had known that like, this was a field that was available to me.
1: Well, isn't that, that was- kind of cool though? Like yeah. he went and made a field. Essentially. Yeah.
0: Yeah. It's I've also like, since that hearing that episode, I've talked to a couple people and they're like, Oh, I have a friend that like does something similar to that. And it's like, I wish that I wish that I had known that this was this was available to me because this is, you know, i think actually what i would have wanted to do with all those years that i did other things. um who's to I, say you can't still do it? true, very true. um but i think it's also like in particular really interesting for you and i since we grew up in family businesses. Mm-hmm. um and it's you know, it's a very challenging dynamic to have because you never the business comes home with you. Comes home it with does. your parents. Yeah. It comes home yeah. with you. Like it is,
1: it is like another um family member. Right. Or if not like the blueprint of the family. Yeah. Or, you know, and it almost it impacts structure, the relationships, how people interact. And I I get it. And it, it for me after listening to Tom, I had a lot more clarity on kind of why my dad, like, is the way Mm -hmm. he is. You know, he, I've I've talked about it, you know, a couple times, but he's a self-made businessman. He grew up in the Detroit ghetto. He came from very, very little. You know, his parents were Slovak immigrants. Uh, They didn't speak English. He put himself through school. He was in the Navy. Um, I mean, impressive in all ways but you know there was that entrepreneurial spirit like that, that it can be very intense yeah it's intense you know like you're and it's I, it's not something i have found having seen it in my own life uh having grown up with in the family i grew up in it, it's not something that's easily shut off mm-hmm. so it makes sense that a person brings work home like if know they're building companies they may run their family to a degree kind of like a company
0: yeah yeah totally um and I mean everything also like revolves around that business Mm -hmm. like it's it's not like what is the family doing it's like what is the family doing around this thing that provides for us Um, yeah yeah and the expectation to as the children to like contribute to that and be a part of it for however long you know that expectation lasts. Um and I
1: think there's this romantic yeah. uh, perspective, right? Where, and sometimes it, it it does work out this way. Succession, you know, someone takes it over, everybody is happy working in some capacity within the family. But oftentimes, and you know, there's a reason why Tom has a job that yeah. doesn't work out. You know, for me, I my dad, he grew up and found himself in sales after the Navy and then that was auto sales and he was a general manager and he worked his way up and he had an opportunity to move to Colorado and back then like you could hustle to get a loan you know like they weren't I don't know I still don't know how he did it but when I think about The little that he had and what he was able to create just on sheer work ethic and energy and just, I mean, the man ran bells like day in, day out. He, he, anyone who likes to golf, that's great. But in my house growing up, like that just wasn't a thing. Like we, we joined a country club when we were, my parents joined a country club when I was very younger only so we could go to a pool because in Colorado, it's not like country clubs weren't like they are out on the East Coast or in right. California. It was a very different thing. It was like a pool. Yeah. First and foremost, like we and then we we're like, we don't golf. Why are we doing this? Um, He always said, I don't have time to golf. I'm providing for my family. I'm running yeah. a business. Mm-hmm. And he really he really did. And, you know, um, so for our listeners, my dad has was a single owner of a multi um, location dealership. So he for over 35 years, he was in the auto industry as you know, an owner. And prior to that, in other capacities, and he really built his company from the ground up. And as growing up in that family, being a part of it was fun. I mm-hmm. mean, from washing cars, like you know, when I was younger, my sisters and I worked in the back office, which I always kind of had a gripe about because I didn't understand why my brothers got to go and sell cars. And in my view, had the opportunity to make more money. Yeah. Right. But I get it. Like There is there is a stereotype of like sleazy car salesmen for a reason. They definitely exist. But that was not the experience. That my dad was going to deliver to mm-hmm. any customer and which is really why he was so successful yeah before he sold his business and retired um but it, it it was a lot of work and it was complicated and i will say this i've i've had a lot of tough bosses i've had good bosses and i have bad bosses mm-hmm. but there was no nepotism I didn't get to benefit from nepotism. Like He was harder on me when I worked for him than I think any other employee. Yeah. And it's because he feared the perception of nepotism. Sure. You know, I remember I put in for a day off once and it was during the summer. I'd come back from school uh, and I was just selling cars. Right. And oh. By the way, I had to fight for that right to sell cars. I had previously been working at the body shop slinging body butters. You know, (laughs) like it was like a step up from Bath and Body Works. And I was just crushing the sales goals. The whole store, I was doing it on my own, like Mm. on my own. I knew I, I needed to be in sales, but I wasn't being paid a commission. Right. So, I mean, the amount I had to grovel and beg to get on that sales floor. My dad was like, fine. But Natalie, I-, I can't protect you if something happens out in one of those cars during a test drive. Because the reality is there are weirdos. Yeah. Weirdos exist everywhere. And if you're in a car alone as a woman, something could happen. Yeah. Um, But once I hit that floor, it was like, it was like I found a part of myself. <laughs> I know. I know, you, but you are your father's daughter i i just it really was like everything there is in my opinion there other there's no better high than selling a vehicle and then when that customer comes back a year later two years later because they had such a good experience Mm. like you're a part of their family i get christmas cards for my customers i loved it i loved it but It was, there was a standard, and my dad, he had a high standard. And that wasn't just at work, that was at home, too, right? Mm -hmm. Like from the way you're going to dress, the way you're interacting with people, excellence. Like, I don't care how many cars you sold today. What are you doing tomorrow? What, how many meetings do you have lined up? Or, you know, like, like I said, I took, I wanted to take one day off during the summer to go to the Telluride Music Festival. And, I went through all the appropriate channels that any other employee would have to go to take that day off, you know, requested it in advance with HR. Mm-hmm. It gets approved. He found out it got approved. He wasn't having it. <laughs> no, no. So, my manager, Pat Nieto, he was like a big brother to me. He's like, Hey, I got to talk to you. I'm like, What's going on, Pat? I got someone coming in. I have a full day. What's up? And he's like, You can't. can't go to that concert oh my gosh i came apart like a lego set but after some some pretty intense conversation over in the uh parts department (laughs) so behind like where any customer could see it became very clear to me that Yeah, because I was the owner's daughter, I was going to be held to a higher standard Mm. and I was going to be expected to grind just as hard as him. Yeah, because my name was on the building. Sure. Just like his. Yeah. And that was a very valuable lesson that I learned that day and one I will never forget.
0: Yeah, it's interesting. I mean, my experience in family business is, I think, largely different. I mean, two very different businesses. Like my dad's a small business owner. He had two health food stores, um, before health food stores
1: were even really a thing. You guys,
0: they were uh, in our area of New York. They were, um, they were definitely a thing because we were like the Woodstock hippie community. Um, so there were, there were definitely other stores around there just weren't stores in these two particular towns. Mm Um, my dad left home really young, I think similar to your dad did not come from anything, had to, yeah. you know, get scrappy. And uh, what he did was he went to, he went to the other owners of these health food stores and like basically said, Hey, I'm, this is what I want to do, but can I learn from you guys? Because I don't want to compete. I don't want us to compete with one another. That's not what I'm interested in. I just kind of want to understand how you did what you did and then I can go do what I can do and we cannot go into one another's territory we can all Rounds. like have a piece of the pie yeah um and so that's what he did with my mom's help and i think being an only child is an interesting dynamic to be in with your parents because you're constantly the mediator and that was also the role within the business too is like mediating between mom and dad and my, my father's advice to everyone is never go into business with your spouse. Um, he's like, you have to be able to come home and vent about work that they are not involved with mm. um, because it was definitely not good for their relationship. Um, they are now no longer together, but running their businesses together, which is a much better relationship for them. Um, And it's
1: so cool that they were able to do that though, right? Because Tom made that point. He goes like, if for people considering to go into business with family, you know, his cautionary warning was just don't, because there's really no way out, like no no clean way out. No. But your parents somehow managed... You know, they are not together anymore, but they are still business partners. Yeah. See each other every day, have to talk about business every day, live right next
0: door to one another. God bless them. Um, (laughs) But I, I found um, it was definitely a little bit easier for me to request a day off than it was for you to request a day off. (laughs) (laughs) But I, I felt it much more within the relationship dynamic between my parents Um, and I'm sure you did too. I'm sure that you felt that at home between your mom and your dad, potentially.
1: Yeah. I, so what's interesting, my mom was not like an employee of the business, but what she did for that business, like they were, they always saw each other as teammates. Like it was, it was very much, I remember the day, um, they sold the company and the line was, you know, they signed on the dotted line and, It was as emotional for her as it was for him. And, you know, because she, like you said, he'd come home and he'd vent. But like every business trip, every meeting, like my, you know, like my dad only had a bandwidth for so much. Whereas, you know, when it comes to. How do I say this? Yeah, so. In the auto industry, they used to do, and may, I think maybe they still do, they're called 20 group meetings. Now, imagine, like you said, you don't want to be competing directly with the people in your own area, right? Yeah. So these big auto manufacturers, what they would do is they organize meetings. Maybe it's in a different state every year. And you're meeting with dealers in that are of, you know roughly the same size, same brand, And the idea is you're learning from each other, but you're not directly competing. And obviously, things have changed a lot in the auto industry. Anyone who is buying a car now and had bought one 10, 15, 20 years ago knows that it's a different animal. So I I can't tell you if this is still the process or if this exists, but it was very cool because you were able to learn from each other. Mm. And also, you know, these manufacturers like it would be you know, GMC or Chevrolet or whatever they would, your family could come. Right. And if you're in the auto industry, very few states, you know, at, at at the time, one of the reasons why my dad wanted to be in Colorado is because you couldn't sell cars on Sunday. So that was Mm -hmm. one day he knew he had with his family. Oh, Um, It's a, yeah, it's a hard industry to be in because it is so time consuming. And he has always been a family man and Being able to take your kids on a business trip was very cool, right? So how do I say this? My mom, like maybe she wasn't at the dealership every day, but she was hustling and networking and meeting and like such a vibrant partner part of that partnership. Right. Um, You know, she would be on a plane. I think one of their best sales manager, her name was Corinne. My mom met her on a plane. And she was with my dad for over 20 years. Wow. And when she passed, it felt like we had lost a part of our family. Yeah. Um, but yeah, like I'm there were days like you, you know, I would see my mom kind of wear that she would bear I'd feel like maybe the emotional mm-hmm, burden or sure. a, a little bit, you know, because she was offsetting that for my dad. Yeah. Um, but it's weird because every dynamic's different, right? Not all my siblings also, like we all worked in at the dealership in one capacity or another, but I was the only daughter who sold cars. Mm -hmm. Right. So what was expected of me was very different than was expected of another sibling who is maybe just like washing cars for summer, which is a very important part of the operation, like detailing. But You're you're not interfacing with customers. You're you know it's it's a different part of the business and what you're contributing and uh, contributing and then the time, the investment, your weekends, your evenings. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't know. There are days I really miss it, and I would be lying if I told you I didn't kind of what if like what if I did agree to take it over Mm -hmm. right but you know and for anyone who didn't catch the last episode I I talked about it briefly but it was god it was like maybe a year or two after I'd gotten out of law school and I was finishing a federal clerkship with bankruptcy judge and my dad approached me about taking over the business and I was so excited and happy because it was like, wow, he thinks I'm good enough. Right. Mm -hmm. But I was also so confused because I felt like I had been on this one trajectory that he was so supportive of and he has always been supportive of that, like all of his kids, kids. And it was, It was hard because I felt like, who was I going to be letting down by saying Mm -hmm. by whatever my response was, right? right? Part of me felt like if I said yes, then I was letting myself down to it or like giving up on something that I had set out to do. But like Jay will even say to this day, when I talk about the auto industry or reflecting on, you know, the memories, like I light up. I mean, our rehearsal dinner was at the dealership. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we had both worked there and there was this insane storm coming in. We got married in 2017 Memorial Day and we were going to just do it outside of uh, my parents' house, but it was going to be far too cold and we needed an indoor space. So, I don't know. I called my mom. I'm like, let's just do it. On the Cadillac showroom floor, we'll just move move the cars out, put some tables up, and it ended up being it was awesome. so cool, it was the best, yeah. and it was you know Jay had worked at that dealership too when he was um, interning for a judge, R two L summer he uh he he would work nights and weekends there mm-hmm. uh, because he wasn't paid at the time, so I don't know it was a part of our love story, and it, I always get very nostalgic, but. on the other side of that coin is there was an immense amount of pressure and stress especially during the financial downturn Mm -hmm. right and when those financial pressures are set you know they're like you said they're brought home they're in the family dynamic yeah
0: i mean can you imagine having to have gone through the pandemic
1: no no Then again, it was, I mean, such a weird time for car sales, right? Mm -hmm. Like you had no inventory. Yeah. So people were and it's it's an inventory game to this day. If you're trying to sell cars and you don't have inventory, you have a problem. Yeah, because psychologically, people want choices. They want to walk onto a lot and have enough options that they don't feel forced into something. It also is a sign of confidence. Like you, you have enough inventory so you must be doing all all right. You know right. what you're doing, right? Yeah. This isn't one of like those mom and pop operations where they have like 10 units, which I mean, those are great. But, you know, those also can come with their own risks. Sure. <laughs> right. Um, but I mean, at one point I had a, I had some, a dealership calling me up in New Hampshire that had done an oil change on my car one time and they were begging me, begging yeah. me to sell my car to them. Because they just needed inventory. Yeah. Right. Yeah. It's a great time to buy a car. Oh, yeah. I mean, I think it's wild the amount of a depreciating asset in this one very small, like when you yeah. think about it, a truncated period of time became so valuable. And they were, they were little like savings accounts for the first time in a very long time rather oh, than.
0: I mean, I traded in my car. Cause I owned it outright. And I, I mean, I basically got what I paid for it three years prior. I was like, Oh my God. Cause mm-hmm. they're just so desperate. Mm-hmm. Um, did your dad, I can't remember. Did your dad, like, did he have to weather COVID or had he
1: let go of, he had like, let go of the businesses before that? Oh right? no, he was. Yeah. He uh. had like right before yeah. I think you coming on like I think it was, like, 2019. It was. Yeah. It was fall of 2019. It was right. Yeah. 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 What it timing? Was, <laughs> oh, my gosh. Yeah, that... He got out right in time. He, he got sure out did. right in time. You know? <laughs> and honestly, it, it was the right time, too. Like, car sales, it, it it's not what it was. There's no. really no identity anymore. Like, I remember... My dad, like he, he was in the Navy. I've said that a hundred times, I think, on this podcast. And I, I say that often because it really was formative in the way I was raised and my personal experiences and how that business was run. Mm-hmm. You could eat off the floors of the service department. It was immaculate. Things yeah. were organized. It was clean. The bathrooms were spotless. He's, you know, he said, he goes, this is Disney World for adults. People should walk in here and feel like it's Disney World. Oh, wow. like a, a complete experience. You know, all the salesmen, they wore nice white shirts and a tie in slacks. Like yeah. every, you know, same, like you just you were all true it 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 was a great experience. It was yeah. a great time working there. I, I learned a lot about self-presentation, um, relationships, communication, but you know you you also kind of see the difference when i think about what at that time dealers especially you know people should know this uh, the majority of dealerships like bigger dealerships in this country are not single owner ran anymore they're owned by auto groups or venture capital firms yeah and That's important to note because you are not dealing with one person who puts their name on the car. Like you, there's a lack of accountability or it's, how do I say this? It's harder to hold a certain person accountable. Yeah. My dad, like one of the things growing up, he always said, my name's on the back of that car. Your name is too. I'm never in my life going to do something that puts that name in jeopardy.
0: That's also a pretty like heavy thing to bear as a kid. Oh, yeah. Of like, you can't fuck up. Mm -hmm. Not one
1: thing. Yeah. And I I mean, I would see him, you know, he comes. He'd come home nine, ten o'clock at night. Yeah. You know, he wasn't leaving. He'd come home and have dinner. Go back to work. Yeah. Come home at nine, ten at night and be like, why are you still up? You should be in bed. Right. (laughs) And he hustled and he but he was if other people were working, he'd stay Mm -hmm. and you know I I sent him a message the other day and uh, look at me I'm getting emotional but (laughs) there was this um there was this one summer in college I got to hang out with him every single day and you know he he wasn't because there was the North Store and the South Store complex, right? And so I was up at the North Store the majority of the time. And it was so fun. Like, yeah. I got it. I'd be running around, and then I'd see him at, we call it the tower. It was the area where all the managers would be writing deals. Mm-hmm. Um, And he, he'd wave to me, or I'd go up there, and he'd, like, talk to me about something. I'm like, okay, we ran into the isu- this issue, and... You know, he would help me look at the deal in a different way. He's like, right now, you're like, don't focus on the car. What is their need? What mm. what is your client need? What is the problem that they are trying to fix? Get out the color of the car out of your head. Yeah. You can fix their problem. The color will be irrelevant. And just like those little pieces of wisdom, but also like we do this thing where uh, there was always like music playing mm-hmm. and he'd like grab my hand and we'd like dance
0: Oh, like cute. I know.
1: <laughs> why am I crying? But um <laughs> I told him I sent him a text. I was like, Dad, I just why you to know that summer was like some of the best memories of my life. Oh, that's so sweet. You know, and like I think that's the beauty that family business can give people, right? Yeah. Like Yeah.
0: I mean it's the same. It's you learn so much about people in mm-hmm. general. Like you mm-hmm learn what makes human beings tick. Um, I think if you grew up in a family business, you're, you're much better attuned to going into the workforce. Um, and you like understand what hard work actually is. And like first one in the office, last one out. Um, yeah, yeah, it's, there are a lot of benefits to it. Although we would, when my dad wasn't there was like, we'd play the good music and we would like <laughs> have a good time. Um he would go on vacation every once in a while and so then I would when I was home um and he would coordinate his vacations to when I was there so that I could be like the the key holder and everything and take care of the store. It would be like Chelsea's on duty for the week. Like let's have a good time. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um a slightly different dynamic, but I mean, it's also, you know, I'm, my dad is type a, I'm sure yours is too. That's Definitely. like a, a hard personality to deal with sometimes. Um, but I don't, I wouldn't take back that experience for anything. Those stores gave me so much. I mean, just to like be able to come home and always know that you had a job in and of itself yeah. was like a huge yeah. comfort. It's like, okay, I can just like go work at the store and be on payroll. And that's amazing. Um, Yeah,
1: but interesting yeah.
0: to hear Tom talk about it at like such a mega level.
1: Oh, definitely, My right? God. Where, you know, like that's the where the money is just ridiculous. Yeah. And, you know, especially I think sometimes it was a question I wanted to ask him. I was curious if like the pettiness level when yeah. money is that is of no concern. Mm-hmm are there just like petty disputes that break out that I'm sure you're just like, I'm
0: sure that he's dealing with like anything and everything. I'm curious about like, how long does he typically stay with a client? Like what's his average time spent with, is it six months? Is it a year? Like, I'm so curious. Like what, what does that average time look like with him? Well,
1: I can, I don't think there is a hard and fast rule. Over no. the weekend, Super Bowl party, I met Ace. They had a party um at the Super Bowl and they had a bunch of different people there. And I had met a son of one of his clients. And oh. I believe they had been his clients for about 14 years. Yeah. At that it's, point. It sounds like he
0: stays with some people for a
1: really long time. Yeah. Yeah. And just Especially. ends up being on payroll. Yeah, if you're benefit, if you're bringing a benefit or like some te- you know, like maybe a retainer arrangement, like yeah. where you're just on call to problem solve. Yeah, kind of like the company therapist. Well, like you said, yeah, which I still can't get over this. He is employed by the company. Yeah. His his client is really the entity.
0: Yep. Well, because that's what you're there to fix, even though yeah. you're fixing the family. hmm
1: um, mm-hmm. I don't know. I was thinking, you know, I, I'm going to definitely have some follow-up questions for him, but I liked how he acknowledged that you couldn't fix every family business dynamic. Yeah. No. Yeah. And having also been in a situation like that, Hmm. Not too long ago, you know, we didn't get into like the details, but sometimes you're in a position you could be working for family or with family, and that there is no pretty solution. Yeah, and, you know, we didn't talk about moral issues. You know, we didn't get into the idea of like legal, illegal situations that come up. What do you do, right? Um, but. I did appreciate where he acknowledged that the hard truth that sometimes there isn't a happy ending. Yeah.
0: Looking for more Daily Reframe inspiration? then follow us on socials by searching at the underscore daily underscore reframe or check out our website at www.thedailyreframe.com
1: And I think it is a lesson I had to learn very, very hard that no matter how hard and not with my family, my dad's family business, but another family business I was involved in at one point, um, in the not too distant past that you could do everything right and you could go balls to the wall, grinding and working your ass off, right? Mm -hmm. But sometimes that isn't enough and it has nothing to do with you. It's, you know, it could become um, just a matter of I'm gonna say desperation. Maybe yeah, maybe that's the way I'll put it. Or, uh, you know, a person like someone that feels like they have their back against a wall. Yeah, 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 yeah. And your emotions or your perspective or whatever can just be collateral damage. Yeah, and you know, and he he kind of alluded to that. He's like, you. I just I think I in the past and I'll never make a mistake like this again in my life. Like. I was ignorant to the idea that people. I know who I am as a person, and I know what I would never do to someone, or yeah. you know what I mean. But yeah. not everybody works that way, and just to think because you're family,
0: yeah, well, like that yeah. you're
1: not going to be, you know what I mean. It yeah. just doesn't. It does. It just doesn't work that way. No, it definitely no. doesn't. I mean, it's you know
0: you can't control other people. You can like talk until you're blue in the face about like what you perceive happened and they could have a completely different perception and you Mm -hmm. you know you have a very like high moral ground and compass that you follow um so i mean it just makes it even more obviously i know what happened but you know it just makes everything much much more frustrating and i think the thing that everybody needs to keep in mind when they're you know i found this when i was working with with people in real estate, it's, you know, I would talk to people and they'd be like, "Well, why can't you just control your client? It's like, because my client isn't a German shepherd. I can't (laughs) control this person. They are an autonomous human being that is built the way they are built because of all of the things that came before you and I, in this conversation about this house. So no, I cannot control them. So true
1: you know so true it's, well also just like the, you know the fact is the rules that apply in family don't apply in business and they, vice versa no, yeah they're not going to have the same application and i was and if this is i guess like just a cautionary tale for anyone if you think a business matter is going to be a business matter or someone asks you if you're in a family business and a person asks you to treat this only as a business matter, to handle something as a business matter. Do not be ignorant to think that if you do that, that you can expect the same in return. Absolutely not. No. Right? Because emotions get triggered and people do things and things that sometimes like can't be undone. And no. I don't know. I look back and... I just I don't want to say like I've become jaded or like lost hope in people because I don't think that's true. but yeah. Tough lesson to learn. Right. Like yeah. you. Moving through life with
0: more caution. Certainly. Definitely. Of what Definitely. people say. Um, yeah. Yeah. The family thing makes it so much harder because it's like, you know, if you have a bad boss that really like you have a tough time with and that maybe screws you over in some way that's easier for you to compartmentalize when it's family that that happens with that fractures your whole like familial structure
1: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
0: and hurts way, way
1: worse. Well, I think too, it's not even just with, you know, we can, we kind of talked about this in Tom's episode And he brought up the point, like, in-laws, man, you can't control them. And we remembered, (laughs) we need to put that on a shirt. I'm putting it on a shirt, in-laws, man, you can't control them. And and to that point, he was talking about one of the things that tend to complicate or create chaos in a business, Mm -hmm. right? And it's because these people may not be involved. They may not know all of the facts. They may not have, they they're a part of the family business to the degree that yeah they're a part of it like they're married to someone who's in it or involved but they may not be seeing the day to day they may not have the same understanding of the day to day structure what's going on what's actually occurring so then it becomes this horrendous game of telephone yeah and it it's 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 awful but like it it is It would be so much easier if it could just be like, okay, this is business and it's family. But like to be ignorant to think it is just gonna be a business thing is yeah, a mistake that I will never make again in my life. You know?
0: They're so intermingled, it can't they can't separate from one another.
1: Yeah, but honestly, silver lining. I would have never gotten to novice masonry, you know?
0: you would have never learned no. how to put down those pavers
1: yep yeah it's incredible when you're when your life gets rocked in your whole identity you sit back and you start like rethinking like self-worth and yeah just questioning humanity because like family has let you down Mm-hmm. um what you can do and how you could surprise yourself novice masonry if anyone's ever trying to work through something go lay a path lay a path like it will it'll change your life and every time you walk on it you are gonna feel so damn proud of yourself life-changing
0: yeah having to do like heavy self-reflection really has like brought some skills into my life it's so Mm -hmm. we just like reach for something to distract and make us feel like I can do something look what
1: I did yeah feels so satisfying right Mm -hmm. like I think that's another DIY during the pandemic um just oh my god right like it was so therapeutic in yeah. so many ways i don't think we really talk about that enough like it i think it saved probably a lot of people from going crazy or crazier so than they literally. went regardless right um it was rewarding yeah i have, and,
0: a, I have a stunning
1: needle point from my time but- my friend Jenna really gotten a needlepoint too. She still does it. Oh, she I... should be selling them on eBay. She should be. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I, uh, oh, God, it's, it's funny how we work through stuff, mm-hmm. right? The, and if we can create new skills along the way, right? Oh my God. I mean, in a way, yeah. like this podcast is a part of that too, is another thing we learned how to do. Totally uh which is a real gift. I I don't know. It's I don't want to be that person that says family and business can't work cuz I don't think that is the case. But well, I think it's what Tom said is that
0: everyone has to be willing to like come to the table and accept mm. the challenge to look at themselves.
1: Yeah. honestly
0: and objectively and if you if not everyone is willing to do that you actually can't have a solution yep if people won't come to
1: the table there's no solution i did like the one thing he said he goes i he was talking about reframing um the experience or you know like how do you move past a situation that seems unsolvable And, you know, assuming everybody's willing to come to the table, it isn't about right or wrong or forgiveness. It's about a commitment to go forward Mm -hmm. and being able to actually go forward. Yeah. And to that point, he said something that has stuck with me that I have been meditating on. Yeah. He goes. I don't want to. I don't want to mess up the quote, um, because it's such a good quote. And this is also probably going to go out in a reel later this week. Um, concentrate on trying to understand before you concentrate on being understood. Yeah. When you do that, the when you do the former, you have a much better chance at the latter. Yeah. And I thought that was so apt, Mm -hmm. right? Because it could be very easy to go into a defensive posture. Yeah. And one of the things that has helped me reframe my experience, I've had good family business experiences and I've had bad family experiences, is that I truly believe, I don't think I'd like to believe, and what in my personal situation I'm believing it isn't that the person was bad. It was that the person was desperate. Mm -hmm. And if you viewing their actions through that lens doesn't justify. Yeah. But I understand it more. Yeah, I think humanity has taught us a lot about desperation, Mm -hmm. what that looks like. And it can be ugly. Yeah. And it could be reckless and it can produce so much collateral damage that like completely unintended, Mm -hmm. you know, and uh, it's tough too, because say you're going through a hard family business situation just generally, then throw that throw a pandemic up there with it. Oh my it, God. Yeah. Right. Where the financial pressures on businesses, not just people, but businesses were, I mean, became crazy. Like all of a sudden. You don't know if you're going to make payroll. You don't know what's happening. You don't yeah. know if there's going to be financial support. And I get that. I, yeah. I get that. It took me a long time to have That perspective because then there is that still human element where you're like yeah but if you're family why would you want to but it's people are going to rationalize their actions right so i liked what tom said like if you're try to understand but also like the the real solution assuming everybody's willing to come to the table Mm -hmm. and that's like that was one of his big tests right that he talked about like yeah are they going to come to the table? If you're not and you can't engage in the process, then I'm not your guy. Right. But assuming people are able to do that, then it isn't about litigating who was right and who was wrong. Exactly. It's about trying to salvage whatever mm-hmm. relationship or business can be salvaged. Or let's say the business isn't even salvageable, salvageable the, the family.
0: Mm hmm. Well, because, you know, I mean, the root of, you know, when I asked him, like, what's the issue that you commonly see? And he's like, it always comes down to communication. And I feel like what happens with the breakdown of communication is that it links back to people's fears and their insecurities and their inability to communicate what those are, because that's them being vulnerable. And that's a really scary place for Mm. people to be is to be comfortable because you're like, how, well, what if I don't get the reaction that I need to get if I'm going to put myself out there? And so that's, that's really challenging for people. And there isn't, it's not about right and wrong. It's about where can we negotiate where everybody feels their needs are met enough. Like a good negotiation is like, you're going to lose a little bit and you're going to lose a little bit. And we're going to meet here and everyone's going to feel comfortable enough.
1: My dad always one of his like closing lines, you know, cuz there's this whole thing called the 13 closes and but one of one thing he's always said and other than like everything in life is a cardio which I will make that argument so many times on this podcast and I will explain why, but not right now. Anyways, he always says the best deals are when neither party is completely happy. Yeah, because if I'm so happy, like about the outcome of a situation, it means you probably got screwed, right? Yeah. And vice versa. Yeah. Another, another favorite. If everybody carries a toothpick, nobody carries a lock. Yeah. Yep. Right? The amount <sighs> of times I said that when I'm like, all right, we're we're a thousand dollars away. Let's split it down the middle yeah, we'll come down five hundred. You go up where you go. But I mean, you're right, right? Like there isn't a it's a dance. Mm-hmm. everybody, you know, someone has to be willing to step back to allow another person to come forward and vice mm-hmm. versa at times, yeah, I just go ahead.
0: um, shoot what was I gonna say? I can't remember you go. I it'll come to me
1: well, I don't know. I think especially. You know, having turned 34 and thinking about, again, what Tom said about, you know, it's not, it's a business issue in the sense that the business is hiring him, but it's a family issue that he's addressing to fix a business. What mm-hmm. could be an impact on a business? Yeah. Yeah. Right. But even it seemed like that that statement was kind of applicable, even if you're not in family business. Right. Oftentimes, like if you can fix a dynamic, or at least, you know, figure out a way where people can be in the same room or just agree that they're not going to agree. Yeah. Then. There's going to be harmony, Mm -hmm. you know, whereas it I don't know, just that's just life advice.
0: You know, that's like something that's applicable to any situation that you may find yourself in. That's challenging. And I think like the main challenge of what Tom does is he's asking people to go to therapy
1: Mm -hmm. and, Mm -hmm.
0: you know, he's asking like my, my dad has said to me, I will never go to therapy. Like that is not something that I will do in this lifetime. It feels like the people that say that should be the ones. Going. They are the ones that need to do the work, but it's, it's too much. There's too much in there that they are not ready to dig up and face. Right. And so, mm-hmm. um, I can see that being a huge challenge for a lot of people that want to work with him because I think there is, this whole culture of men and women, honestly, that grew up in a time where you don't talk about your problems. You just push through. Yeah. And that's really coming back to kind of like bite them in the ass.
1: You're so right. And I think it gets worse the longer it goes on. Absolutely
0: right? it does. Yeah. You get more set in your ways as a person. You're more um, you're you're less able to look at yourself, you're less willing to come to the table, you're less um agreeable. You get really like hard on your ideas about things. Um yep. so he's yep. asking a lot from people that have put themselves in that place of being very restricted and closed off, which is another reason why I just find what he does absolutely fascinating.
1: And he's such a good person to do. This yeah. with, Right. Mm-hmm. Like you, you talk to him and you know, he's listening, but at the same time you could just tell there's so much happening behind those eyes. Yeah. Like he's breaking down things. He's, you know what I also love? This is just a little, kind of background on Tom. His I think the reason why I get on so well with him and his family, particularly his wife Carol, who mm. I call my Jewish grandmother. The woman has shown up multiple times when I've been ill with mm. challah bread, which at one point I called challah bread, but she was like, "Honey, you're just what are you doing? It's challah bread and chicken noodle soup." Um, but it's the they truly, like he always says this family, Tom says this family is completely transparent. Like he, he leads with that, yeah. that fun- fundamental cornerstone. Mm-hmm. It's a, it's a fundamental principle. He's putting in like transparency yeah. and you know, I, I've noticed having lived in various parts of the country, social you know, social structures, the way social constructs, excuse mm-hmm. me, you know, there's that idea of like keeping up with the Joneses or, yeah, you know, like not airing your dirty laundry, but yeah. where someone sees it as oversharing or airing your dirty laundry, someone else could see it as being authentic and transparent. Totally. And I think one of the, one of the things that he kind of touched on it. When you have this clash of personalities, like especially with in-laws or different micro-families that create the bigger family, different personalities, like that's also where tension can Mm -hmm. come from. And like, so you're an only child. I'm one of six. Yeah. And while some of my siblings and I have a lot of, common traits or personality quirks like we are all different and our families are very different yeah um and i'm not gonna lie at times like you put us all in a room together it could go really really well or it could be kind of chaotic right right a lot of strong opinions uh, yeah but i guess i mean that again is not unique to family that's why there's so many viral memes especially around the holidays (laughs) about, you know, family or like one of my favorite is like the one where it looks like people are giving a PowerPoint and they're like, all right, guys, uh, topics we aren't talking about. (laughs) It's like just learning to get along Mm -hmm. and kind of accepting. No one's going to be right. No one's going to see you as right. We're just all agreeing to like move forward or make this thing called family work because, yeah. for the sake of family, yeah, for the in sake. A way for the yeah. sake of family,
0: taking people for who they are and not trying to make them something that they're not, yeah, yeah. Just because you appreciate that related does not mean you
1: are similar. Oh, so true. Yeah, so 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 true. Um, yeah. I don't know. It'll be interesting. I don't know. It'll be interesting to see how things and, you know, some personal situations in my life related to the experience I touched on, but I know I'm being very cryptic about it and that's, that's intentional. Um, Perhaps we'll get into it in another episode or maybe not. Cause I don't want this podcast to become about that yeah. Um. necessarily. Yeah. Um. But I'm excited to see like having, sat down with Tom. I'm going to send him some follow-up questions. Um, I'm excited to see how this episode and the things that I've learned from Tom and, you know, translates in the future into my own situation. Mm -hmm. Um, Who knows?
0: I think that was particularly good for you to hear from him. I think you got a lot of
1: good nuggets. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, a lot of I also loved how just generally applicable everything he was saying. Oh like, God, yes, yeah. he works right. Like, he works with these mega corporations or family foundations that could run a small country with mm-hmm. their checkbooks, right? <laughs> but uh, he also that the things he was saying could apply to a small, single, like location family business, a local bakery, um, yeah, an online Etsy store, totally. You know. It's also
0: just, it is life. Like what he is talking Mm -hmm. about is moving through life with other human beings around you. Yeah. Yeah. So it's all stuff that you can like take and apply to how you interact with the people that are around you. Even if you're, you know, you're going to work in an office where you're not
1: related to anyone. So funny, right? Like there are days where, now, let me ask you something. Mm. If you had to work with family and you knew it was going to be chaotic, would you rather work with family or work with coworkers that you hated?
0: Oh, God. Um. No, I'd rather work with family because I know what I'm signing up for. Mm. Um. I know what the buttons are and what the triggers are and like... Because I've had so much time with them,
1: <laughs>
0: um. So I think, oh, does Tilly
1: want to go out? She's, oh no, I don't know. She, Tilly's making every kind of weird noise. I think she she's she's turning thirteen on May twenty seventh. So gosh, it's amazing. I'm pretty sure the eyes are going going. I, yeah. eyesight's getting pretty bad. I put a hat on and I was just down the hallway. She didn't know who you were. <laughs> he literally like knew me a second before. And then I put the hat on and it was like, she just started barking until I took the hat off. And I'm That's like, okay, you're girl. going blind. <laughs> my god. Um, But yes, no, I, I would rather
0: work with family because I understand who they are and how to navigate yeah. them going to a workplace where I literally just like hated these people that I worked with would, um, that, that would be you no know, mega stuff for me yeah,
1: you? I mean, and especially because you spend like the majority of your life, yes, yeah, from the age of twenty, what is it, like twenty to sixty, mm-hmm. like with your coworkers, yeah, you better enjoy them. Yeah. I I'm not saying I would never not work with family again, I just think the rules of engagement would mm-hmm. be different, right? Yeah. And I would also approach it differently. Yeah. I would not, I would have a better, I would make it from the outset very clear what those rules were and expectations and boundaries and also just having it, you know, making sure like you and I do with this podcast, like open, honest dialogue and Mm -hmm. flexibility, but like being very clear about that. Yeah. Yeah. Making that a priority because I think assumptions, you know, they make an ass out of you and me, right? Don't ever assume because you're related to someone anything, right? I don't know. Jay really wants he has, well, what I love about Jay is because he always has like an idea. He wants to he wants to have a business with me so badly, mm-hmm. and I am like, baby, why? 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 why Want to? No. no, no. I do love the idea of having a boat in Bondi Beach that we deliver ashore hot paninis on. That sounds very romantic. Or, or in the Caribbean, I, like Caribbean. Jay loves the Caribbean. <laughs> He's always like, should we just sell it all and go to the Caribbean? Yes okay we'll see babe you know but as i get older i'm also like fuck this weather Um, i'm done with the cold i didn't i didn't understand snowbirds before yeah i get it now now i'm like florida looks good are you guys getting that big storm okay everyone this it's like
0: sleeting out we ended it is, up getting it is a joke. We ended up getting three inches. No, I not
1: even three inches. We were supposed to get a foot. Mm. Yeah. 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 What happened that 10 to 12 inches, Boston? I don't know. Yeah, it's just yeah. not. Yeah. I don't know. Not paying. I don't out. know. Um, what do you got going on the rest of the week? Oh boy. What is happening?
0: A lot of receiving orders of things from my husband. That's what I'll be <laughs> what's Ivan been ordering. Well, we're getting our solar hooked up, so that's exciting. Um Is it a
1: solar panel like that you guys are gonna be able to run the whole house on? Is this like one of the roof panels? We Is got this subsidized by a state program. We got um
0: the roof panels, so I think there's like 30 panels up there that uh will power the whole house the thing is is that you're still reliant on the your local energy um Mm. provider unless you have like battery backup in your basement Um, got it so we are still reliant on the grid technically so if like there's a power outage our generator is going to kick on still uh so it's not as like off grid living as you would think you have to still, you have to do like another step after that, but it's a cool $400 for the electric company to come out, to turn off our electric, to hook up our solar. I was like, this is,
1: it is so expensive. (laughs) I'm not lying. I Googled what like the time investment it would take to become a plumber last night. because it is ridiculous oh yeah Mm -hmm. all you
0: kids that are thinking about
1: going to college don't go into a trade go into a trade unless i just use your education that is going like if it is something you're passionate about but you know you can make money with right Mm -hmm. like we like money it lets us do things live um (laughs) It, it's just i i i i love our plumber new or in new hampshire he's a friend love him to death oh he's, is he the one that i met yes yes, yes. you met paul he brought Ugh. you up the other day he's very very cheeky because i like was telling him like i need to pay you and he's like no you can hand deliver it and i'm like i'll mail you the check he's like no natalie our friendship matters and he's this like cheeky he's so very funny. very, very so funny and he wears these overalls that I I mean I love overalls if I could just wear overalls all day I would I'd be thrilled if that was my go-to work uniform um but he I mean I asked him what his rate is he's like oh I am charging 425 an hour
0: wow. he had
1: so much work that he is. He will, he sits there and he's like, I'm not, I'm not driving more than 12 miles. I don't, I don't have to. Taking it to the bank. Holy. Yeah. Smokes. Mm -hmm. We
0: Mm -hmm. thought we'd go get advanced degrees. Silly us.
1: You know, I love that I can write legal contracts. I love what I do because I think. For me it's yeah. transfer transferable skills yes. and yes, yes, no yes. matter what business I go into or end up doing whatever my second act third act whatever it is in life I have the ability mm-hmm. to do a lot of the setup and the work that other people may not have yeah. however however I don't think AI is going to be able to plumb a house, whereas I'm pretty no. sure AI is going to be able to do what attorneys and accountants do in the next three years. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Mm-hmm.
0: I can see you as a plumber.
1: That, or I really want to get into blacksmithing. It's like this, so that's one of the, th- I have- Not a I lot have of thing- money in
0: that, though, I will tell you.
1: I know, but more of just like for the creative aspect, yeah, this is I am very much gonna continuing my my desire to create and be creative. and um that is gonna so I, I'm gonna I'm gonna try to make more things like tangible objects this year. I like it
0: well, if you need if you need any advice on blacksmithing, you can always i still
1: up. think it's so cool that ivan's company makes the oscars
0: yeah it is pretty How, cool
1: like that is awesome yeah. do you have a mini oscar
0: in your house oh my god no they like guard those things like crazy i have held one though and they're very heavy they taking a picture heavy. with one no you can't they don't let you they don't let anybody that works there um You can't take pictures of anything. You can't post anything. They're like very, because the artists that they work with are like mega, mega artists. Um, So you're not allowed to like talk about any of the artwork that you make. They're even like, they're very quiet about the fact that they make the Oscars. Like the New York, I forget, I think the Wall Street Journal came and like ran an article about it. And they're just always like very hush hush. Um, And then there's
1: me just blasting it on this podcast. Oh, it's fine. I didn't give the name though. (laughs)
0: It's totally fine. They've, you know, they've written many articles about the foundry doing that work. And that used to be Ivan's like main focus was doing all of the finishing work for those sculptures, which was really very like cool to then watch the Oscars and see them. Um, Fun fact about the Oscars, they, the one that everyone holds is the same exact award. And then you go backstage and you get your real award with your name. Yeah,
1: I feel like that would make more sense, right? Because you're passing off just this one thing. Yeah, the gold
0: rubs off really easily.
1: Wow. So it's like you can't, like, you just can't handle them too much. So this is completely irrelevant, but out of all of the award, like, entertainment industries, Mm -hmm. what do you think would be the coolest visually award to have on your shelf I know what my answer is I'm gonna I one don't two think that okay any of them are that visually interesting. I'd want a Grammy I think they're so cool looking. oh the, the yeah I forget yeah. what it's called oh, the exact Jay and I were talking about this I'm like a Grammy would just be cool to
0: have you I know think- I like the Emmys because they're the woman with the, I think they're the, the ones that have the um woman with the wings or the man with the wings. I can't remember. With the globe? No, that's the Golden Globes.
1: <laughs> of course it is. <laughs> of course it is, Natalie. <laughs> yeah, I'd want a Grammy. They're just so cool looking. It's not interesting
0: Chelsea here. We will be back next Friday with a brand new episode for you all. If you do have questions for us or our guests, please feel free to send them to the daily reframe podcast at gmail.com. We'll catch you in the next one. And as always have the best weekend, everyone. Thank you for joining us for another episode of the Daily Reframe.
1: We hope you gained a fresh perspective on how to approach life's challenges with a renewed mindset. Remember, every obstacle presents an opportunity for growth, and every setback can be a stepping stone towards success. Like what you heard today? Then follow and
0: like the Daily Reframe podcast on Spotify or wherever you get your podcasts. Check out our website at www.thedailyreframe.com. And for more content than fuels you, get social with us on IG, TikTok, threads, and all those other fine places by searching at the underscore daily underscore reframe.
1: And if you want to dive even deeper into the topics we've covered, be sure to check out the episode show notes where we expand on key takeaways and share additional resources for personal growth, transformation, and guest bios.
0: And remember, we love hearing from you and about your own reframe stories.
1: Until next time, keep seeking new angles, embracing change, and reframing your mindset to create the life you want and deserve. The Daily Reframe podcast and content posted by, created, and or distributed by The Daily Reframe is presented solely for general informational, educational, and entertainment purposes. The use of information on The Daily Reframe podcast in The Daily Reframe, including information found on or distributed through its Instagram, TikTok, and website, or materials linked from the podcast, Instagram, TikTok, or website, is at the user's own risk.
0: It is not intended as a substitute for the advice of a physician, professional coach, psychotherapist, or other qualified professional, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical or mental health condition they may have and should seek the assistance of a healthcare professional for any such conditions.